Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, where we walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Our host is Dr. Jeannie Burnett, licensed clinical psychologist and certified eating disorder therapist. Join her and her host, Carlos Houston, as they discuss the relationship between your food, your faith, and your feelings. Welcome back to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings. I am thrilled to introduce my next guest. She is live via phone. Um, Sandra Stanley, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've been excited about um, having a conversation with you. I'm so thrilled to have you. You have no idea. You're a blessing. Um, Well, let's see. I'm a native Georgian, grew up in middle Georgia and moved um, to Atlanta to go to college and Finished up college here and never left. So I've I've been in Georgia my whole life, and um, I had Andy and I. My husband is a pastor. And yeah, what was his name again? Kids. His name is Andy. Nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, yes, um, he's been my pastor for well. I I think I told you before that uh, I'm an original member. I was there in November of 1995 charter member a charter cool. member i'm in the book yeah that's great that's so great <laughs> yep yep well we've got three kids they're all in their 20s um andrew is 25 and gear is 23 and Allie is 21 and everybody is um the boys are both out of college and have real big boy jobs now so that's nice. kind of fun Allie has one more year of college so that's just kind of the season of life we're in. We are foster parents, and we've just transitioned um, a foster teen to a um, back who aged out and moved into an independent living program. So we've transitioned her um, to something else. So right now we're empty nesters again for a bit, and that's kind of nice too. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. I think it's amazing that you have taken on other children and you continue to foster we we really do love it. It is something that we um, feel like God has um, placed on our hearts in a unique way, and um, we just it's a it's a wonderful thing. We're very grateful for the opportunity. Wow, I, they're obviously very blessed children. Um, but I wanted to talk with you about um, your sweet book, um, the Comparison Trap. You know, uh, we've been we've been talking this month in June about. Well, I guess it's going to be July when this airs, but we have been talking about body image. Um, you know, I, I specialize in eating disorders and we talk about how people think about their bodies and all of the things that they um, try to do to control themselves and their bodies and their appearance and all that. And so I just, right. what was the, um, what was the inspiration behind the uh, comparison trap for you? Well, um, I can, for me, when, as I think about comparison trap, it is just one of those universal comparing ourselves to other people is a universal issue for men, for women, for kids. As we've done research and, um, ask questions and surveys and all of that, we've realized there really isn't anyone immune to falling into the trap of comparison. And, um, so we decided to take the video series and the sermon series that Andy did some years ago called Comparison Trap and kind of mold that and make it into something specifically for women. And um, so we turned it into a four-week study with a companion devotional book 
Um, Andy does some of the video. I do some of the video. And then I did the devotionals, uh, 28-day devotionals for the book. And um, it has just been so exciting to see how God is using this in the lives of women and college girls, singles, married women, even empty nesters. I think that's not ever, this is not an issue that anyone graduates from. <laughs> the the seasons of life change a little bit and our issues may change as it relates to comparison, but it is such a universal thing for every age group. Right, right. Well, so I, I completely agree. I mean, as I've been in this field, um, one of the things I, and, and one of the lies I think that people believe is that they have to be better than X person or this situation or whatever. And, right. I, you know, I and then I I think I said in uh, to you earlier, you know, I think it's amazing. God is just so smart and how he figured out how to have all of these people and nobody ever is the same. Right. Even right. if they have the same DNA, they're never the mm-hmm. same. So that's right. Let's let's talk a little bit about um, the book itself. So, is there a particular verse, a particular um, part of the book that really struck you um, personally? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's divided into four weeks, and mm-hmm. um, they all kind of touch on a different thing. Uh, but one of the things that I've learned is that. Um, again, like we said before, no one is immune. And and the, the big takeaway for me, and maybe one of my favorite parts, is just the simple idea that there is no win in comparison. I literally no was just win. looking at that. That's yes, amazing. There's no win. And um, a, a common question that I'm asked is, is, you know, okay, is there positive comparison? We talk about it being so negative and all of that is mm-hmm. positive. And where I've landed on that question is there really is no win in comparison. Certainly there are benchmarks and evaluations that we have to pay attention to in life and, and um, you know, regroup and all of that as it relates to evaluating ourselves. But anytime we are evaluating our successes and our failures and certainly our worth against the successes and failures of other people, we lose. There's just not a win. We either come up short and find ourselves discouraged and frustrated, sometimes angry, or we find ourselves considering ourselves better than someone else and we become prideful and neither of those directions are healthy. Um, I think it's a subtle thing. We may not even notice and all of a sudden we find that relationships are compromised or something is just off in a relationship. And I think that's what's so insidious about comparison is we don't think of it as being a serious thing but then when we back off of it and realize it really does affect our relationships it um it's more serious than i think we give it credit for Uh, completely i could not agree with you more i i actually tell my clients that you know when you compare yourself with someone else someone always loses it's the opposite of what you're saying you know either i lose or you lose and so there's there is no joy in I am different. I am unique. You are different. You are unique. That's right. So that's exactly right. Well, and I was, um, I love the comparison is that the, is the thief of joy. I actually have that on a necklace. Um, oh, yeah. Can you tell us of a story in which you felt a comparison and what was the consequence? Yes. Um, something that I've learned is that moms sort of have a double dose of stuff to compare uh, not only do we work on our own personal comparisons, like you were mentioning early, earlier, um, you know, body image and, and all of that kind of stuff and what we have and, and all, but we want our kids to be successful as compared to other kids. So there's this, 
natural draw that I think moms have. And, and that's one of the things that I, I think I it's a personal illustration for me. Um, I mentioned earlier, Allie is about to have her senior year in high school and, and she'll be out. But as I look back over those seasons where I was helping kids with college applications and plans for what's next, it was nearly impossible not to look around and compare where my kids were with everyone else, where they were applying, what their activities on their resumes looked like, their GPAs, all of that. Then, you know, where everybody is accepted and where everybody's not accepted. It was so hard not to get caught up in all of that. And the consequence of that was modeling something that I didn't want to model for my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, I wanted to model for my kids the very opposite of comparison, so of comparing, so that working on that was a great exercise for me as I as I prepared for um, the you know comparison trap material and developing all of that. It was a learning experience, a failure, and then a regroup um, as we worked as we worked on that material. But that was you know that was one of the consequences was I don't want to model something for my kids that I don't want them to emulate. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that I did learn in that process, too, was the tendency to, you know, to compare, again, is not something we conquer and move on. It's on, it's an ongoing issue that just manifests itself differently in different seasons. Um, but that's one illustration I could give you about a thousand <laughs> touches down in my life in a real way. But that's one that I think um, is is very real for moms, particularly. Yeah, well, I I mean, I I actually have uh, just thinking about kind of who you're married to and who his father is and who his best friend is. And I mean, there's I would imagine for you, Sandra, that there's a lot of pressure on you. Yeah, it's it's funny when you're a pastor's wife, there are advantages and there are disadvantages. But one of the things is everybody expects you to be right on par with your husband as far as what he knows, how he communicates and all of that kind of stuff. And and so there is this little kind of not comparison with him, but maybe an expectation that either I hold myself to. It's probably pretty imaginary. Mm. Um, But um, but yeah, that's that's a real thing. That's a real thing. And I think it's not just for pastor's wives. um, or, you know, pastor, pastor spouses, I uh, think it kind of translates to some other areas of, you know, professions as well. But, right. but well, yeah. Yeah. And I know, I, you know, I've, I've gone, I've got been friends with people who are pastors, children and, you know, I, I, so I, I do understand that there is this, um, this kind of belief that you're going to be perfect. Like whatever right. that, that belief or whatever that, imaginary perfection is which we we know that what i what i like to say is that the only person that was perfect we actually killed so you don't really actually want to be perfect that's exactly right you're so right about that and being in ministry or even in other you know professional families uh, it's a little bit of a fishbowl and and so there's this you know desire to um present a version of yourself that may not be realistic. And that's something we, we've tried so hard raising our kids to just be normal, you know, just, just be normal. Don't even feel like you've got to perform for anybody. You just be you and we're going to, you know, we're going to rock through life and we'll have ups and downs and hard things and we'll just all learn as we go. And we weren't, you know, certainly wasn't perfect, but um, we did everything we could to take that pressure off of our kids. Well, I think that's wonderful. And you guys seem so, um, just aware, 
you know, I, I love I love Andy's preaching because it's so relevant to. We're just normal. Normal people. I don't know about that. No, that might be taking it a little far. Oh, I feel like we're very normal. I'm kidding you. Thank you, Sandra. We are going to take a quick commercial break and thank our sponsors for helping Food, Faith, and Feelings stay on the air. If you would like to be a sponsor, please contact me at info at manafund.org. Are you looking to buy, sell, or invest in a home? Call my friend of 10 years, Francina Maloney. She can help you with all of your real estate needs. Her goal is to have you as a client for life. She will listen to you and find exactly what you are looking for. And as always, 10% of her gross commission goes to the Mana Fund. Thank you so much, Francina. You can call Francina at 770-861-3821. That's 770-861-3821. So could your nonprofit use $10,000 per month in free Google advertising? Since 2003, Google has donated free advertising to over 20,000 nonprofits in over 50 countries throughout the world. They've helped them raise millions of dollars in cash donations, recruiting and volunteer work, and in raising awareness for their causes. Visit epicgrowth.com, that's E-P-I-C-growth.com, to see if your nonprofit organization is eligible for this $10,000 in free advertising today. So let me, let me go into another question. Okay. Why do you believe it is so difficult for people and in particular women, to understand their God-given, God-driven uniqueness? Mm. You know, I, I think it, it could be particular to women, but I do, again, think it's so universal for everybody. Um, and one thing we talk about in the book and in the videos is that awareness drives discontentment. And the more aware we are of what everybody else has, what their talents and their strengths are, you know, what they have, what what they live in, what they drive, the less content we become. And we live in an age of awareness. I mean, a quick look at our, you know, an app on our phone, and we know where everybody else is vacationing, what they're buying, what they're doing. And it's filtered so perfectly and appears so perfect. And so it's so difficult for us not to compare what we know is our imperfect life to this perceived perfection that we're constantly being bombarded with. Um, And that awareness and that discontentment really does take our focus off of what God has given us and how he has gifted us and that uniqueness um, about us. And sometimes even to the point that we think God has shortchanged us in some way, um, it can lead us to to that place as well. But the truth is, there will always people be people with more of whatever we value, and there will always be people with less. And as soon as we take our eyes off of that and focus our attention on the way God has gifted and provided for us, the quicker we can pull out of that comparison trap. But I do think that's you know part of the reason it's so hard for us to to get our arms around that God has uniquely gifted us and talented us, mm-hmm. you know, even given us some of the hard things we've had to navigate to turn around and leverage for the betterment of somebody else is, is just powerful, but it's hard for us to remember that because we live in this age of constant awareness. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the, the couple of things that have gone through my mind as you were talking is one I think that every single human being needs to, especially from America and from a a wealthy country, needs to go on a missions trip to a third world. It's very eye-opening, yes. It's like a reset button. Oh, well, and they're so happy. 
Like they don't know what they don't have. Well, and it shows you that that there can be joy even when there's not a lot of stuff and a lot of, you know, what we consider to be so important. Joy is completely separate from all of that. Yeah. And and I, I actually kind of miss I, I think about, you know, like the 1850s when we had horses and we didn't have cars yeah. and we uh-huh. had to sit around the table and actually look at each other and talk to each other. And have real live conversations and have yeah. real, real relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I just yeah. I, I I just I miss that. And, and as a psychologist, you know, I get to have real conversations with people for, you know, an hour at a time. And um, I think that the other kind of the other thing I was thinking as you were speaking about comparison and awareness is self-awareness is also is a pretty amazing and powerful thing. So Mm -hmm. if if I'm aware of how I am reacting to your stuff or your marriage or your perceived perfection, then what is going on inside of me and what is that? How do I view myself? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm constantly telling my clients, whatever you fill in with after the words I am, I think God made the biggest powerful, most powerful statement that I am that I am. And as people, we begin most of our statements about ourselves as I am sad or I am not good enough. And so if you are aware of how you think about yourself after you say those words, I am then you that that shifts a lot of things in your mind and and your relationships. Yes, and that's one of the reasons it's so important to be steeped in scripture because it's a constant dose of here's who you really are. Yeah. And um you are valuable because you belong, you know, you're valuable because God has said that you're valuable. And and when we spend time in scripture, that was part of the reason we wanted to do this as a devotional, mm. because we really wanted women as they're tracking with this topic to be daily in scripture and renewing their minds to the truth that God has already valued them and has already, you know, decided you are, you are fine because you're mine. That was one of the mm. things that we just really wanted to point out. And, and being steeped in Scripture, especially daily, just resets and renews those thoughts of, what are, of what's really true about us. So, okay, last question. Um, what would you encourage um, mothers or fathers or big sisters or teachers or whatever, what would you encourage them to do with children in order to help them understand their value? This is one of my favorite questions. I love talking about how parents can engage with their kids to help them learn some tools to avoid this throughout their life. Because again, it's going to be present when they're, when they're children. It's going to be present when they're high schoolers. It's going to be present when they're college students. It's a constant battle through every season of life. And what I like to say to parents is three things, encourage it, model it, and practice it. Mm. And anything we want our kids to pick up we encourage it, we model it, we practice it. Um, and there are a couple of things to encourage, model, and practice. I think um, one of the biggest things is we um, teach them to celebrate other people's successes out loud and on purpose. Mm. Celebrate others out loud and on purpose. 
So when somebody tells you something great that has happened to them and you feel this little thing rising up in you that feels jealous or feels like, gosh, I wish that happened to me, we turn that around and we say, you know what? That's so cool. We, you know, we engage with them. We celebrate that that has happened out loud and on purpose. And somehow that voice of comparison just begins to to shrink and to dissipate. Um, so that's one thing to encourage with our kids and to model, to let them see us doing that um, as it relates to things that we might want to compare ourselves to and talk about it with them, model it and talk about, here's where I struggle sometimes and here's how I've handled it. And then they see you actually do it and then practicing it. When our kids, when we're having those dinnertime conversations or maybe they come in from school and they've got some scenario that they tell you about then we just practice. We say, okay, well, let's that let's let's rewind and let's pretend like that whole thing was starting all over again. Let's practice the the a great response to that. Mm. Um, and we we practice everything with our kids. <laughs> we just thought practicing things with our kids just helps them have a default that would not have already been there. Um, when we were going to have dinner company over, you know, at night, and our kids were small. We would practice with them coming to the front door and opening the door and for the boys getting those hands out there first, you know, like a gun and shaking that person's (laughs) hand. You know, we just we just practice things. So I think for parents to be able to to help their children learn to manage comparison, we encourage it, meaning we kind of teach it, talk about it a little bit. We model it. We show them our own scenarios where this plays out. And then we practice it. We walk them through through potential things that might come up that they may be jealous of. And we help them practice having a good answer and understanding how to actually celebrate somebody else out loud and on purpose. I um, love that. It, it, you know, what it really reminds me of also is just uh, memorizing scripture. Yes. And that was the next thing I was going to say. I'm sorry. Renewing, uh, yes. Renewing our minds in scripture is the best way to combat comparison. And that is something else that we can encourage, model and practice. Yes. Um, helping our kids identify specific scriptures that maybe um, may target some particular thing we know they might struggle with. Um, it's just so powerful. So powerful. This is so wonderful. Um Okay, so we are actually coming towards the end of our uh, interview right now. And so did you, were you able to come up with a verse that you thought we would be able to meditate on for the next week? Yes, yes. Um, My favorite verse as it relates to all of this is such a simple verse. Um, But I think it is another, you know, another reset button. When, when that comparison starts creeping in this verse, if it can be the first thing that pops into our minds, I just think it would dispel that whole um, thing that happens inside of us that rises up when we're feeling less than or proud. And that is Psalm 139, 16, every day ordained for me was written in your book before one of them came to be. Mm. I think that is so foundational that God wrote our story and knows our story and knows the details of our life. And he's known it from before we were ever even born. And that alone, number one, gives us value. And number two, helps us realize my story is unique and it was written by God and he already knows it. And um, he's going to walk me through, you know, whatever season I happen to be walking through because, you know, he's been there already. Man, that's amazing. I love, I love that. that verse. Love that verse. <laughs> I love that. Well, Sandra, you are just a joy. 
I'm sure people have told you that before, but seriously, you are so, um, just so sweet and just so joyful. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. What, what a fun, fun time to get to talk to you about all. Yes. Yes. Um, thank you so much. I know that our listeners are going to be so thankful for your, your words and your encouragement. And I look forward to, um, maybe having more conversations with you in the future. Sounds great, Jeannie. You okay. just let me know anytime. All right. Thank you. Okay. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.